You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to the Collective Cafe, a virtual coffee experience which takes place every single Monday through Friday, 8 to 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time in both Alpha Collective's Discord, that's discord.gg forward slash Alpha Collective, and Startup Club's house in Clubhouse. It's free, it always will be free. There are no strings attached. There is no bait and switch. Lurk or listen only chat with one another in our back chat or even come onto stage the coffee shop is open for business whether you're on the treadmill getting the kids ready for school getting yourself ready for work commuting into the big bad city or maybe just even commuting from your bedroom to your home office on monday we manifest on tuesday we talk thought leadership on wellness wednesday we discuss mental health wellness and life skills on Thursday, we do live book reads and discussions with the author. And then on Friday, it's No Agenda Friday, where there is no agenda. Start your day off on the right foot, on the front foot, with virtual coffee, with the Collective Cafe, where we mastermind, we manifest, we collaborate, we help one another at the business of Web3 or anything else that intersects, whether it's culture, collaboration, creativity, innovation, disruption, entrepreneurship, or coaching. So give us a subscribe, bit.ly forward slash collective cafe to go, or a review on your favorite podcast platform if you're listening on demand, or of course, join us every day live. It is addictive. And remember, it is a safe, welcoming space, and you will never, ever be put on the spot. This is Alpha Collective's Collective Cafe. My name is Joseph Jaffe. Well, good morning. Good morning, everyone. The cafe is open for business as people come and go and waft in and waft out. And, you know, I love the analogy of a virtual a virtual coffee shop. Some people are here right at the beginning for opening time. Hello to you, Manolo. 
some people that you know are they just drift in for a minute two minutes a little bit of inspiration and um and i just love it i love the 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 fact that this is not meant to be something that is carved in stone where you arrive at a certain time you leave at a certain time life is full is full enough with it with structure and rigidity um, some of it is good some of it is is not so good um, but the virtual coffee shop is meant to be always you know something that you can always rely on and i think that's an important point as well which is you know chances are i'm going to be here in in the cafe and you know it takes a lot to show up it really does i think oftentimes showing up is 90% of the battle if you think about it just being able to kind of show up because you know as the old saying goes right um you don't make 100% of the shots you don't take and so sometimes the inertia the you know the all the forces that's conspire for you to kind of sleep in uh, proverbially whether that's literal or figurative all of those forces you got to overcome those forces that's the inertia that's what gets you off the ground that's what gets you from from no you know from stasis from not moving to slowly but surely starting to move and i think that that is certainly a principle uh, and a core principle of uh, the vision behind the collective cafe but today we're uh, we're going to uh, talk about the core value of reciprocity and before i get into that i just want to let people know if you are listening obviously uh to the podcast many of you are subscribed now to the podcast you don't want to be here live at 8 a.m in the morning eastern center time or you can't be here at 8 a.m because i mean there are people that are on the west coast there are people in australia there are people all around the world and this is a global coffee shop but obviously i am on the east coast and so it makes sense to do this at 8 a.m in the morning um so a, a couple things just to mention one is um obviously if you're not listening live it makes it a little bit tougher but there are uh codes that are put into the chat those are called poeps proof of attendance protocol and if you just click on that link um you would essentially mint one of them it's it's a badge it's a badge that is minted on the blockchain so it is a form of an nft and it is irrefutable proof that you had coffee with me virtual coffee with me in february 2024 um 20 years can go by and you can walk up to me one day we see each other and you say you know i was once at a coffee that you gave uh in um in the collective cafe here's my proof In fact, you might even be able to say I remember it was the session on reciprocity. And uh I might just say, you know what? That's so awesome. Let me buy you dinner or let me buy you a drink or let me buy you a cup of coffee. Um so I love the fact that that this idea of of the these badges. And if you think about it, it is something it is a, you know, it is as old as time. You see backpackers around the world, you see well-traveled uh people and they have like stickers on their their briefcase you know those or luggage or they've sewn badges onto their backpacks this is kind of the same idea that you end up collecting all of these mementos corresponding to and associated with uh your life you know these are the memories of your life and um breadcrumbs if you want if you will breadcrumbs of your own personal <coughs> journey so Um hello to Manolo and Maya and Bernard we're going to get in today uh, to talk about um reciprocity as a core value. It's something I've been thinking about a lot lately and I'll you know just give you some um some thoughts in general which is why I uh, wanted to talk about this today. First of all um you know the link above is to is EOS is my little microsite or mini site I became a business and a leadership coach in June of last year and and I work with privately held companies generally small and medium businesses 10 to 250 employees one of the things that we do is we help uh, our clients we help these businesses develop their core values and those core values are actually critical because it is the it is the essence of who they are at their core right it is the you know the underpinnings it is the building blocks of their culture it is the spine and the soul of their culture 
but it also helps them in terms of hiring and firing and attracting and repelling and promoting and you know it becomes the basis to determine that you have the right people on the bus the right people in your company and uh, one of the core values of EOS actually is help first so what does help first mean now help first in a way is not reciprocity um, because help first says I give and I don't expect anything back in return or at least I give first so it's something we'll discuss as we go through today which is actually is help first inconsistent with or does it in fact reinforce reciprocity I think you'll see you know we'll come full circle that help first is absolutely a key component of reciprocity um, it is just one step it is the first step in that journey so when you help first you you know that is your first your first um, port of call your first action is I'm gonna help you before you help me I'm gonna and it certainly helps when you're helping first without the expectation of getting something back in return. What I will say is that help first is not quid pro quo. Help first is not this idea that says, I helped you, now you have to help me. Every action has an equal but opposite reaction. You know, so this idea of I did something for you, now you have to do something for me. That's not what it is. Otherwise, it would be there would be too many strings attached. There would be too many conditions. It is somewhat unconditional if you think about it. This idea of helping someone first. Now again, I will come back to this and I will kind of come full circle because I do believe it's help first and then there is a dot, dot, dot. And we'll talk about that dot, dot, dot. A second thing that I wanted to share with you is um, I I used to go to, I'm not often, but but... For a few Fridays, like at 5 p.m., I would go to like a Zoom. And it was kind of a networking Zoom. And what I loved about the networking Zoom is that um, people would have an opportunity to introduce themselves. And they would say, you know, my name is Joseph Jaffe. Uh, I'm a talk show host. I'm a six-time author. I'm a keynote speaker. I'm a teacher. I would, you know, go through my whole list. And um, what I'm looking for right now are uh, I would love... Um, you know, I've got room for one or two more clients. I would love to talk to any, you know, entrepreneurs or business owners right now that are, you know, looking to bring on a business coach. So I would do that. But then part of the expectation is you would say, and my give is dot, dot, dot. And so that was the essence of the inspiration behind even today's session, reciprocity. So what can I offer you in return? Well, I can offer you many things. Um, I can tell you that um, I have a talk show. And maybe, you know, you, depending, if you've written a book or, you know, if, uh, if, if you qualify, if you're the right type of guest that I have on my show, maybe I'll have you on my show. So that's part of my give. Or my give might be I do a virtual coffee Monday through Friday in Clubhouse and Discord. And it's free and you know, why, and I would love for you to come and be my guest or just come and listen and hopefully I can add value. Or maybe my give would be I started a talk show when COVID hit and if you're interested in figuring that out, trying to produce some content or you're interested to find out how I do it, um, I, I would be happy to, uh, I would be happy to tell you. So the idea is, is I give and... Well, if I ask for something first, I'm prepared to give you something back in return. But it's cultural. It's, it's an expectation. It actually, you know, people become very comfortable to say, my give is. And I really love that idea. I think that um, in general, whenever we take, whenever we take, we should always give something back. We should want to give something back in return. Um, sometimes... It's just a thank you. Sometimes it's just the ability to follow up or follow through or, or you know, make a note of it so that one day you are able to essentially 
uh, pay it forward. So you're going to hear lots of thoughts, complementary thoughts, when we think about this concept of, you know, help first, reciprocity, pay it forward, give to get. This idea that says there is this balance, this pendulum, there is this, um, you know, this yin-yang type of approach. This is very much focused on, I would say, on energy, you know, on, on karma, um, however you want to look at it. But I think if you can get into a spirit of reciprocity that actually says, when I'm getting something back from you, I'm going to figure out a way to repay you. I'm going to figure out a way to, to, to pay it forward. If not, maybe to you, maybe to somebody else. When I built um, Alpha Collective, at least from a vision standpoint, I wanted reciprocity to be a huge part of it. So when we network, we're always saying, my give is dot, dot, dot. I wanted that very much to be a part of it. Another thing that I, that, that I conceived was this idea of um, dedicating what I called at the time 100 ETH, which is now about $250,000, to members. So that in actual fact many members would actually end up getting their membership passes um, back. Um, they would actually end up making their money back in return for them actually um, helping out and contributing and volunteering. So for example, take the Collective Cafe. There was a, an example of it. The Collective Cafe, um, my goal is to be the host. But what if I'm not able to be the host? What if I'm sick? What if I actually, what if I'm traveling? Um, what if I've got a, uh, an emergency? What if I'm coaching? Well, then one of the other members of the collective would say, I'll take the cafe today. I'll run the show today. And in return, they would get, at least this is the way it was conceived initially, a third of their purchase price. So if it cost them $2,500, they would literally make a third of that back. That's about, I don't know, 800 something dollars. And if they volunteered three times, they would now essentially be in the collective for free. They would have got their pass, which of course they could sell, they could give away for free. That's the essence of reciprocity. Now, if you think about it, it's not charity right? Reciprocity is not charity. Reciprocity is not, you know, there is, there is method to the madness. Why? Because the idea is that this person is actually contributing. They're helping run the collective and they understand the collective and they're part of the collective. And so in a way, if it is charity, then it's charity that begins at home. You know that saying, charity begins at home. That's the essence of it. If you're going to give to anyone, why not give to the people that matter most to you? Why wouldn't you give to the people, to your paying customers first, before strangers, before hiring a stranger, a consultant, uh, a moderator, uh, a hired gun, a moderator for hire? That's the essence of it. I want to give one more example, which is earlier this week, in fact, I think on Monday, um, I spoke about Elmo's tweet and the whole, I don't know if you want to call it a firestorm or a storm in a teacup or a just, you know, 200 million views later, how it just kind of really captured the hearts, the minds of people maybe tapping into this acute um, mental health crisis, if you will. And um, a lot of brands kind of jumped on what I call the brand wagon. A lot of brands basically immediately um, try to get their 15 tweets or 15 streams or 15 retweets of fame, as I call it. You know, jumping on the brand wagon, you know, trying to show how, how clever they are and, um, you know, and it was tone deaf, a lot of it. Chipotle basically trying to sell more burritos or, you know, Oreo saying, well, ran out of milk, you know, do the math. And I thought to myself, what could you have done? What could you have done? You could have actually contributed to the conversation. And so I'm going to go on a little tangent, but I think it's a relevant one. 
which is first of all, you know, this is a, a um, I know I'm quoting myself, but one thing I wrote in one of my previous books, I said, don't pay for attention. I think it was in zero in my fourth book, zero paid media is the new marketing model. I said, don't pay for attention, pay attention. And what that means in this context is listen first, speak second. In fact, in Join the Conversation, my second book, my five stages of joining the conversation were actually, first of all, was listen. Second of all, respond. Third of all, is this idea of, of get permission to join. Fourth of all, was to catalyze and fifth was start. So the essence of what I was saying is brands just want to talk. They just immediately want to say, well, join the conversation for, for a brand means talk, means start the conversation. It doesn't. Join the conversation, which is a phrase that I basically created. I wrote the book, Join the Conversation in 2007. When you've heard that phrase, that phrase comes from my book. The essence of join the conversation is the conversation is in progress already. How can you join a conversation that doesn't exist? You can't. The conversation exists. The conversation is life. The conversation is your customer's life. And you don't just get to join. You should be invited to join. So listen, respond, be invited to join, catalyze, make it better, and then and only then start. So in this particular case, if I was Chipotle or Oreo, all the other brands that got involved, I would have been reading all the responses. And then I would have figured out how to elevate a response to not just an external comms level, but an, even an internal comms level. Do something for the world. Imagine if, if Oreo, I, I don't know if Oreo is buying a Super Bowl spot or whatever, but you know, certainly they've spent millions of dollars on one single ad. What if Oreo had said, we wanna just bring a little bit of sweetness into the world. We just want to kind of, you know, anyone who's, who, we've been reading the responses, people are so down, people are so, you know, people are really, really in a bad place. Anyone who wants an Oreo will send you a sample pack, today only. Here's a website. Come to this website, put in your address, and we'll send you a, a, a case, not a case or a whatever, a pack of Oreos. What would have happened then? What if Chipotle had said, anybody who comes in today and mentions Elmo will give you a, you know, will give you, a, I don't know, a taco? Those are the kinds of things that could make a huge difference. And I actually, you know, when I was writing the article, the summary article on, um, you know, on the Elmo thing, I called it because, because actually the National Suicide Prevention Line, they jumped in and they basically said, you know, if anyone is feeling like down or struggling, whatever, you know, please call us. And so I actually coined a term and I called it altru altruistic opportunism. Because whenever a brand does anything, you can always question their motives. You can always say that they're just being opportunistic. You can always say that they're just trying to make a short-term gain. In this case, maybe at someone's pain. But what is altruistic opportunism? It means you are being opportunistic, but there is a bigger or a higher cause. And I think at the heart of it is this concept of reciprocity. We're going to give, and yes, we hope we'll get something back your loyalty, you know, maybe just you feeling just a little bit better about us. Maybe one day, maybe, just maybe you'll buy, you'll choose to buy Oreos versus the competitor or Chipotle versus the competitor. We are at the end of the day in the business of selling stuff. But reciprocity kind of opens up this idea that says in every relationship, in every in every connection, there is going to be at some point a, you know, a pro quo to the quid. But it doesn't have to happen immediately. And at the highest level, if it never happens, that's okay too. 
I think we're kind of kidding ourselves and and maybe being a little a little bit too idealistic if we don't believe that there is going to be Uh, 10 tenets of reciprocity as a core value. And then I'll also just kind of um, wind down by talking about how can we use reciprocity or utilize it as a leader, as an entrepreneur, as a founder. So number one, generosity first. Ultimately, when you initiate the reciprocity cycle, you see, that's, that's the key here. As I was saying, it is a cycle. When you birth something, you you give something to the world, the world at some point will give it back to you. And maybe if we just want to bring it down to like, you know, down to the ground, whether you're prospecting, whether you're, you know, um, in a sales mode, whether you are, you know, in business, etc. But someone initiates this reciprocity cycle and they give without the immediate expectation of getting something back in return. This could mean sharing knowledge providing resources, offering support. The the act of giving first sets the tone for a culture of generosity and openness. And that's the thing. Generosity and reciprocity, these are, you know, uh, they're twins. They're a dynamic duo. duo. And, And remember, the whole idea is you want to set a tone. So, you know, this idea of just sharing knowledge, just dropping a little bit of knowledge, we, you know, we forget when we go up onto stage, when we, you know, open up a room, when we respond to someone on social media, we are doing that. We are actually, you know, maybe they initiated the cycle, maybe we did. Maybe someone just asked for help, but we initiated the cycle by helping. Number two, Authentic connections. Ultimately, what we're trying to do here is cultivate a genuine relationship as opposed to a transactional interaction. When we invest in understanding the needs and the goals of others, it can, it's going to create more meaningful exchanges that will be mutually beneficial. So, you know, authentic, authenticity is another component. Why are we doing this? Even if the ultimate, the long, you know, the, 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 the long game or whatever you call it, the, the, the ultimate goal is business or, or, you know, some kind of patronage. The connection, the genuine authentic connection at the beginning is really designed to build a relationship first as opposed to a transaction. Another way to think about it is a transaction typically is a one-off. That's why, you know, it is cold. It it doesn't really have emotion in it. Whereas a relationship is very much emotional and enduring and much more fluid and long-term. Number three, value exchange. And this is where we get into the fact that the that reciprocity, because reciprocity by definition is a two-way street. So it needs to be balanced. And, but there's also a different sense of it as well, which is, you know, the value that is provided should be perceived as equitable by all involved. There should be a sense of fairness and mutual respect. It's, it's probably tough and puts a lot of pressure when it's one not just one way, but when it's imbalanced. If you do something that is so big and so grandiose and so over the top for someone, how can they ever pay you back or 
or maybe it creates a different kind of an exchange or different expectation where somebody now feels in debt or in your debt or unable to repay a debt. So I think they should, this is a, you know, a trickier one as well, because, you know, how do you know initially what the value is that you're providing? And, and I think, you know, just like we discussed yesterday when we're doing the live read of uh, Crucial Conversations, and by the way, letting you know, tomorrow we continue the live read of four obsessions of an extraordinary executive. So one of the things we read yesterday is the, the concept of lag. The more time that goes by and you don't address an issue, you don't have that crucial conversation, the more likely it is to fester and snowball and, and just spin out of control and become awful. So I think the way that I interpret this idea of value exchange is that the gesture itself can be a small gesture, gesture at the time. It may result in, hey, you know that introduction you made, that kind of uh, casual introduction? They ended up buying my company. They ended up becoming my client. Um, and, and, and that's awesome. But ultimately, if you start small, if, you, if, if the value exchange is more consistent and it is more frequent, you know, and it isn't um, too large, there's a much you know, more, I would call it a natural um, relationship that builds in the process, if that makes sense. Number four, and again, you know, these are, we're talking about authenticity and generosity. Well, you can't have this conversation without the word empathy, empathy and understanding. Showing empathy and really understanding the challenges, the aspirations, the hopes, the fears, the dreams, the pain. This understanding is going to guide not what you, what you offer, how you respond, making sure that it's helpful, appreciated, making sure that it's also fair and balanced as well. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. It is as simple as that. Number five, recognition and appreciation. Acknowledge the contributions of others openly. When you recognize efforts and and achievements, it just encourages this culture of appreciation and motivates continued participation in this give and take dynamic. You know, I, I said when I wrote Join the Conversation, I, I mean, when I wrote Flip the Funnel, my third book, the, two, the first aspect of the flipped funnel, in, it's what I call idea, acknowledgement, dialogue, incentivization, and activation. The two most powerful words in the English language are thank you. Or as I often joke in my household, it's I'm sorry. But it's thank you. Thank you for caring. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for contributing. And I think just being able to acknowledge that little bit of, that little bit of validation, that recognition, that appreciation, um, it goes a long way. Even if it is to be able to, how can I ever repay you? Don't worry. It's gonna it one day maybe and 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 even if you don't, that's okay too. But just being able to actually just, you know, recognize, I think is very powerful. Number six, long-term perspective. So this is the point, right? It is the long game. We are building relationships rather than, you know, quick fixes and quick hits and immediate gains. It's really important when you think about a culture, core value of reciprocity, that, that this is you know, a journey, this is ongoing, this is continuous. It isn't, this is not staccato. This is all about momentum building. This is all about a shared journey. Today you help me, tomorrow I'll help you. But over the course of the days, weeks, months, years together, we help each other. And ultimately the people we help will help others who help others who will help others who then one day may help us too. That's the, that's the circle. That's the cycle. There are so many, yesterday we spoke about vicious cycles. This is a virtuous cycle. 
Reciprocity is absolutely at its core a virtuous cycle. And once it begins, as long as you continue to feed it, it just gets more powerful. Number seven, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, we hear this all the time, uh, certainly from an EOS standpoint as a business coach, it's all about trust building. Reciprocity is a core value, but it's also a tool to build trust. Consistent and fair exchanges are going to demonstrate integrity, reliability, consistency, dependability. These are foundations for trust. Again, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Authentic, 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 authenticity. I genuinely want to help first. And I believe that by helping first, good will go around. Good goes around. You know, we often talk about, again, in, in our own training, this concept of moving the trust needle. Where is our default for the most part? <clears throat> our default is... Some of us just naturally, our default is set to, to mistrust or distrust. Somebody calls us from out of the blue. <clears throat> what, 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 what's, your, what's your MO? What's your goal here? What's your angle? What are you trying to sell me? Immediately their back is up. And you can tell, you can tell in every conversation, in every interaction, when that God is lowered when that wall for you know is lowered when that when you can tell when you've moved or when they've moved closer everything about them if if it's in person from leaning back to leaning forward from folding arms to opening arms from you you know smile on their face you can tell when people have lowered their guard that's because you've moved the needle you've begun to demonstrate to them that they can trust you. That there isn't, that they've figured you out. Even if, even if it's just as obvious and light as day. Hey, listen. You know, I did, earlier this week, I did some cold calls, which I pushed myself out of, the, out of my comfort zone. And I hated it. And I will always hate it. And, um, one person on the phone was, we actually ended up, and now we're having a proper dialogue. And he said, I apologize if I was cold to you at the beginning of our conversation. Then he said, I guess that's why they call it a cold call. And I laughed at him. I mean, we laughed together because I was like, oh, I, you know, obviously I thought a cold call, which exactly is what a cold call is. A cold call is typically you're you know calling someone from out of the blue. They are what's called a cold lead. But actually, I think the reason why we should be calling it a cold call is that they're going to be cold. And they should be cold. So one of my takeaways coming out of this is to, if I ever do them again, is to start off by going, hey, listen, let me just uh, address the elephant in the room. You're thinking, who the hell is this guy and why has he called me? right? So a little bit of humor, a little bit of personality, address the elephant in the room and say, yeah, this is a cold call, but I hope, hope that by the end of it, um, we're going to uh, thaw a little bit of that ice. A little bit of an ice breaker, if you will. All about building trust, establishing rapport, moving the trust needle. Number eight, empowerment through sharing. Empower others by sharing knowledge, opportunities, and resources. Help me help you, right, in, in many respects. But this idea of, of giving tools and, and, and ultimately putting that other person in a position, it's the, you know, the teacher man to fish. 
give a man a fish and he'll be hungry tomorrow. As the saying goes, obviously man, human, person, woman. Um, but teach them to, to fish and they'll never go hungry again. Part of this essence is, to, is the gift that keeps on giving. You know, not only aiding, helping their growth, but also encouraging them ultimately to pay it forward, to take the gift and, and, and pass on that gift. You know, one of the things that I've said regarding this um, collective cafe, every day we have different people coming in and leaving, and I say, there are only two things that I would ever ask of you. Number one is come back tomorrow. Number two is tell a friend. Because there can be nothing worse than hoarding knowledge, I think, in the world. Anyone who comes through these doors that says, hey, I stumbled into a room on Clubhouse, completely fluke, random, just happened to find this room, and hopefully the content is good, hopefully the content is rich. I want people to walk away thinking, I can't share this to my, I can't keep this to myself. That would be unfair. Let me tell others. Let me recommend to at least one other person to come and find and join and come back maybe tomorrow or next week. That's the kind of reciprocity. And by the way, it should never be asked for, even though I'm saying that's what I would like. I suppose you can ask for it. That's a question. Can you ask for something back? I, I suppose you can. Certainly, you know, I wouldn't ask you to now have to run tomorrow's session for an hour. But I think there can be some elements to it. But for me, it's this essence of empowerment through sharing. And to be honest with you, you know, as I said, asking you to, sh to share the room, that's one thing. That benefits me. Asking you or hoping you share the knowledge with someone else. Well, that's, that's ultimately the highest order. Quite frankly, you don't even have to say where you got it from. But the fact that you could say, today I was in a random room and we learned about or, or, I, or we were talking or the host was talking about this idea of reciprocity as a core value. And there are a couple of thoughts about empathy, about value exchange, about generosity, about building trust, moving the needle. These are things that the world, I, I, would, I would argue, if we all lived this way, if we all practiced this, the world would certainly be a better place. And that is, as Seth Godin would say, unleashing the, the idea virus. Number nine, adaptability. Be flexible in your approach. You know, different situations and relationships are going to require different types of exchanges. So, you know, adapt. This principle of give and take um, is, in order for it to, to stay in place, it's, it's going to look different in different organizations and different interactions. In order for it to be effective and relevant, in some cases there may be an initial ask. In other cases there may not be. In, in some cases there may be a clear um, return of value. In other cases there may not be. So there is no one size fits all to reciprocity. And then finally, last but definitely not least, a community focus. This really is the we is greater than me. If you want to promote a culture of reciprocity within your family, your organization, your church, or whatever the case may be, your community, it's got to be it's not just about two people, is it? So by encouraging others to participate in giving and receiving and actually being okay to receive, it just strengthens this whole environment of support and collaboration. You see, a lot of people are just not comfortable um, asking for help, receiving help. People... And unfortunately, there are a lot of people that just don't believe people are out or good that want to help 
or there are people that have been so beaten up and beaten down that that when someone offers to help them, they're immediately going, "What's in it? What's in it for you? Why does there have to be something?" So reciprocity isn't just, as I said, a core value. It's a core component of your culture. And a culture of reciprocity is ultimately, even though it may take place in a series of, you know, one-on-one connections, I don't want to use the word uh, transactions, maybe interactions, it, it really is bigger than just individuals. So if you are a leader, what can you do? You know, I've spoken about this idea of a culture of you know, reciprocity or as a, as a core value. What can you do as an individual? If you're a, a leader, if you're a, a manager, if you're a founder, if you're an owner, or just in general, even in a position where people rely on you or where you can impact others. I'm going to give you five ideas. Number one, initiate the cycle. Leaders should take the first step in giving. Set the example for others to follow. You set the tone. Or if leadership, the leadership team, the lead, you know, management, however you want to look at it, the board, I don't know, if, if, if you are leaders as a group, as a unit, but as an individual, The goal is to initiate the cycle. Don't wait for someone else to take or make the first move. Do it yourself. That, to me, is is an absolute key element. Don't wait for others. You know, just do it, as Nike says. Initiate the cycle, especially if you believe in the virtuous cycle. If you, if you follow those 10 tenets that I introduced you to earlier, by the way, if you're new in the room or you, know, you can always just go and listen to the replay or subscribe to the podcast version of this, bit.ly forward slash collective cafe to go. So make the first move and then recognize that there is going to be the follow-up and the follow-through. Number two, Create platforms for exchange, whether it's forums, networks, or, you know, just, you know, I mean, you've got to, you can't just hope it happens. You can actually create, whether you want to call it process or systems or structure, or even if those words seem a little too forced, just moments where, you know, I, I, I gave you the example earlier in these Friday afternoon, five o'clock somewhere sessions, when people network, it was understood um, that my give and my, you know, the give and the gain. This is what I'm looking for and need, and this is what I can offer up in return on the table at the same time. And in this case, the platform was Zoom. Number three, foster a reciprocal culture. I mean, just having, for example, the Zoom or having the celebration or having the coffee or whatever, that's not going to, you know, that's not going to be enough. That's like, um, you know, when you're watching Survivor and they have to make fire at the end. And, um, you know, you can, you can use the flint. You can get the spark. You can initiate the fire. But it's going to go out if you aren't able to fan the flames, if you aren't able to keep blowing and nurturing. And so it's really, really important that people understand what it is, why it is, why it's so important, what it means. The principle itself, right? The principle of reciprocity. And hopefully we've covered all of that today. Number four, as I said, you know, initiate the cycle. Why? Because you're a leader. Set the tone. Lead by example. That's number four. So initiate the cycle. Create platforms for exchange. Foster a reciprocal culture. And, for, and number four, 
is lead by example. Demonstrate reciprocity in your actions. When leaders actively participate in reciprocal relationships, they inspire others to do the same. Tell stories. Give people examples, illustrations of how it's worked, of why it works. So you can initiate the cycle, sure. But in doing so, you are demonstrating, you are setting the tone, you're leading by example. That means that sometimes you're going to be receiving too. It also means that you sometimes have to go above and beyond. That it isn't just, I mean, if you think about it, you know, what do you do for people that report up and into you? They're producing, just giving them a paycheck, that's not enough. I mean, it might be, but that's not reciprocity. If you believe and say, hey, listen, I don't need, you know, what have you done for me lately? Or I, I, I give you a paycheck, don't I? What else do you need from me? I mean, again, we're not talking about um, a transaction. I paid you money. You, you responded by providing goods and services. No. You can add a service component. You can add leadership and management you know, and and training and, you know, and brainstorming and troubleshooting. But reciprocity is a lot higher than that. I like the concept of above and beyond. I love the idea of being able to go outside of the typical um, give and take of what would be expected. For me, this is about exploring the unexpected. Going back to the concept of help first. And I will wind down with my resolve of that core value. But there's one more, um, um, one more item I want to share with you, which is encourage open communication. You know, facilitate open dialogue about needs and contributions and feedback and hopes and dreams and feelings. This transparency just really helps in aligning reciprocal efforts with actual needs. When was it too much? When was, was it too little? Why are you afraid to ask? What happens now? What happens next? It's not a science. It's an art. So I said that I would um, come back to that initial concept. The core value at EOS is help first. That's right. Help first. But that implies that there's something that comes afterwards. What happens next? Well, I mean, that's up to you, I suppose. But if you just help and help and help and help and give and give and give and give, and that's all you do, that's lopsided. At some point, it can breed resentment. Familiarity breeds contempt. It can breed contempt. Relationships are two-way. Reciprocity, by definition, is this idea of a two-way street, a relationship. The quid pro quo is the transactional nature. I give you money, you give me product. I give you money, you give me service. I give you a job and, and pay you, you punch in and, and, and make widgets. But when you just elevate it a little bit more, that's when something magical happens. So help first, I give, and I do it without necessarily the expectation of something back in return initially but my hope is that it will come back to me and then some my hope is one day i just don't know when 
I will see the fruits of my labor. That's the cultural element of it. The cultural element of it is the fact that it is not two-way. Don't you, you see the importance of it? That's when it becomes culture. That's when it's a core value. The core value says this is what powers our organization. That everyone is continuously helping first as a first port of call. And, in, and, if, an, and if enough people do it, then the people that will help first will be now helping second. And the people that they helped will be helping third. And eventually, it's going to get back to you. It just has to. Because it is part of our DNA. It is what we believe. It is how we behave. So if anybody wants to come onto stage, has any comments, any questions, please raise your hand at this point. I typically want to you know, wind up or wind down with about 10 minutes to go. Otherwise, um, I like the idea of giving you back five minutes of your life <laughs> that you'll never have back again. I invite you to, uh, to come and join us tomorrow as we do the live read. We're going to be uh, continuing four obsessions of an extraordinary executive. Uh, it's great. It's a fable. So it's a fable between two uh, businesses, one um, growing and doing well, the other not. And uh, we're understanding exactly why, what these four obsessions are that helped one company be able to pull ahead while the other one got left behind. I really love this core value. And I'm excited to see which of my clients, my coaching clients actually end up um, bringing something like this into their, you know, of course, they're not going to hear about it from me. Um, but if I ever do hear it, this idea of paying it forward or helping, um, I'll certainly send them this audio, uh, you know, this podcast episode or if I do an article on LinkedIn, because I think it's a very, very powerful one. So if no one has any questions or comments, you can always put it in the chat as well. Um, we are going to wind down today and hopefully, uh, hello to Slick in Discord. I just saw you in Discord now. And hopefully we will see you all uh, tomorrow. And um, remember, reciprocity is all um, about being able to create this beautiful, natural, authentic, relational, you know, trust-moving um, continuum, this virtual cycle. Hang on, I think maybe we have a comment. So let's see if I can bring you up, Royal. I invited you up. So let's see if you have a question or a comment. If you still want to come up. Well, I'll give you another 30 seconds. Otherwise, we'll wind it down. I'll see you all tomorrow. Oh, you know, what I'll do is if you figure out, I don't know if you know how to come up, but um, but I will do this. Um, this is, I'll play tomorrow as well. This is actually um, AI powered, right? This is my voice now that has been trained by an AI. Uh, so AI created the song, the lyrics, the music, and the voice is actually my AI voice. So it's a little, uh, little like four lines of a song all about grit determination. Maybe I'll, I'll do one on reciprocity for tomorrow, but he, I'll play this for you. Every day I wake up ready to face the fight. Got so many reasons to give up, but I want it to take me down. I can find my heart and nothing's gonna dim the light. I'll keep climbing every mountain, nothing's gonna hold me down. That's a little crazy, right? So, I mean, if you listen to the first line. Every day I wake up ready to face the fight. Every day I wake up ready to face the fight. I mean, that's me singing now, and that's my AI voice. Um, so I'll try it one more time with you. Every day I wake up. Every day I wake up. That's kind of weird, isn't it? And a little crazy. Um, but, um, yeah, so 
uh, I am going to um, I'm going to uh, maybe do a song on reciprocity for tomorrow. Um, have an amazing day, everyone, and I'll see you soon. Bye. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.